Good evening. I hope that the week has been productive and that the hopes and diligence of each and every one of you comes to fruition. This week's Parsha is Parshish Mishpatim, and it begins with Ela Mishpatim Asher Tosim Lefneim Kisikne Evidivri. So Mepharshim are troubled. I mean, there was nothing greater than Matan Torah. The Yidden were encompassed and enveloped in heavenly bliss to such a point that the first two Dibris, they died. And they begged Moshe Rabbeinu, you tell it to us, because when Hashem sang the first two, our neshamas flew out. And then we come to Parshat Mishpatim, which is right after Mount Torah, and talking about Evid Ivri. Is that the lofty you think? Start talking about Shabbos, start talking about, there's so many things, even in our Sedra, Almanus, and, and Yesoimim, and how we have to treat them. Evidently is like a mundane, simple thing. But if you remember in Parshish Vo'era four weeks ago, there was a question that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Yitzavim as B'nai Yisrael Va'el Paro Melech Mitzrayim, Lahoitzi as B'nai Yisrael Me'eretz Mitzrayim. And the Pasuk doesn't say what by Yitzavim, what, what did he command him? So Rashi says on the Shiluach Avodim that when it comes time to send out your slaves, send out. And we asked then the same question. I mean, they were still slaves. So was that the thing to talk about? Now over here in our parsha, they were no longer slaves, but they were after the experience of, of Matan Torah. And they were enveloped in a heavenly hug with our Kodesh Baruch Hu. So why come to this? But the answer for their end here is the same, that we wanted to seize a moment that they would be sensitive in how they treat people. Over there, it was told about Shiluah Havadim sending out of the slaves because they were still slaves and Hashem wanted them to have a taste of the slavery that would give them a greater push to have the deep resolve that when they will come to the point that they will have slaves, they will treat them properly. Over here, now that they were no longer slaves, but the point that the Torah of Mephorshim say is that, you know, you just were enveloped in the arms of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Matan Torah by Har Sinai. But this world is not a world of heavenly embracement. We have to live on this world as human beings with human faculty and human emotion. 
and the message of why we first opened up the Parsha after Matan Torah with the Avodim was to give us a, you can be riding very high, but when you land on earth and you're dealing even with the simple Avodim, there has to be an unbelievable sensitivity in how, like, we know that the halach is that you have to give one pillow of the the Adam, the owner of the slave, has one pillow. He has to give the pillow to the Evan. He's working all day. He needs a decent good night's sleep to be able to function. So the idea of Avadim was the concept of rising above every situation to make sure that we're behaving as decent human beings. Now we know that if the slave who married a non-Jewish woman and had children, and after the six years that he had to leave, if he chose to stay, he makes a proclamation for him, Omar Yomar Ho'evin, I love my master, my wife and the children, I don't want to leave. So then the owner of the slave takes him to the doorpost and puts a... Um, Yeah, he he pierces, he pierces the ear. And the Mephorshim, the Svasemis talk about why not immediately pierce his ear, why only after six years? That means when he comes into the slavery, if your whole drusha is that because this ear heard on Har Sinai that you are slaves to me, Hashem said. And now he's being sold into slavery, so why not pierce his ear then? So the Shazemis says, he asked two questions, why the ear and why not in the beginning? And then he asked, why does the Adon pierce the ear? That means the Adon, he should go to Bezdin, let one of the Dayonim or let one of the Rabbonim pierce the ear. But he answers and says, because the Adon, a Yid should really be free. And he created not just a good atmosphere, but too good. And that's why the Evan doesn't want to leave, because he has everything wonderful. So to function in the realm as his own human being, as a Yid, he turned it down to go out. He's going to stay a slave, and he's going to be there until Yoivo. Yoivo could be three years away. It could be 47 years away. So that's why he is put into a position, the Adon, so says the Svasemes, that... The, it was such a good atmosphere that he lost his destiny and his purpose in life 
that he was given life to be a slave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to keep his Torah and to do his mitzvahs and that's where the focus should be. And if he at the end of six years said, no, I don't want that, I want to just stay where I am, it was too good created and they missed the point of getting out at a certain juncture. Now he even goes further, the Svatsemis, and he asks, why is it that we pierce the ear? It wasn't the ear that's the problem. This guy, his thinking process brought him to the point that he wants to stay. Why did, so why don't we do something else that affects the brain, the thinking process? Why is it that we pierce the ear? So he answers and says, because we become a product of our surroundings. That means if we are in good atmosphere with good people, we tend to go to what the multitudes are doing because that's what we're getting used to morning, afternoon, and night. If the people are bad people, then his influence will end up after six months in the bar also with the people. So he says that that's the reason that we have this whole process taking place and that we only pierce the Evet after six years and he brings down what the Yalkut Shimoni says that when it's in this week's Haftorah. You see, this Shabbos is Shabbos Mavarachim, but it's also Parsha Shkolim, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. And, but the regular, so we read this Shabbos, the Haftorah of Parsha Shkolim. But let's say it wouldn't be Parsha Shkolim, the regular Haftorah designated for the Sedra, the Parsha of Mishpatim talks about when Mashiach will come, that all the valleys will be heightened and become smooth, that you won't have to go down the, into the valley, and all the Cholagvos and all the high places, the mountains will be also smoothed out, so you don't have to go up or down. But the, the Yalkut Shimoni says, this is not talking about peaks and valleys, the Pasuk. It's talking about the people when Mashiach will come. So says the Yalkut Shimoni, the multitudes will be overwhelmingly embarrassed because of everything that they did become center stage and the whole Israel sitting there watching what they did, they're going to be humiliated. You know, many people are busy doing privately lots of Averis. So the Pusik says that the reason that we talk about a valley is because when a person feels bad, he's down. And sometimes when he feels heightened and he does the Avera, he's riding high. 
So that height and that valley will become smoothed out that his embarrassment will be taken completely away when Mashiach comes and that when he is pained by the past that he will suddenly have all of that package of embarrassment will be erased which is very encouraging because as humans we know in a moment of truth that we're not so good yes we do a lot of mitzvahs and yes Hashem is proud of us but then there's a moment that we are not so good and when everything when the show is over and the bell rings and Mashiach is here it, the Yalkut says people are going to be very embarrassed, but immediately it will be erased and the embarrassment will be taken away. So his ears are pierced only after six years because during the course of the six years we hold out hope that the Kohen Gadol will not be there anymore and he'll go back home, that something will happen that will transform either his attitude and he'll want to leave after the six years, or circumstances will take place that will cause his freedom to come about. Now, there is a Pusik in this week's Sedra that says that the judge should not take Shoichad. It's not the Pusik from Shoiftim in Dvarm, the regular Pusik, Lo Sikach Shoichad Kia Shoichad Yaaver Enechachomim Visalef Divrei Tzadikim that the judge should not take shoichad and write in that same pasuk attached to it v'ger cholo silochets that the ger you should not oppress now the fact that there's a vav in front of the word v'ger shows you that it's a it's one pusik and it has to do with each other. So everyone asks, like, what do these two things have to do? The one thing about taking shochad, because they explain, shochad does not mean only what we commonly mean it to be, that in the middle of the night a bag of cash is given to a judge or something. But when we speak and deal with people, our honesty in how we're dealing with them is always under the umbrella of shochad. Because let's say someone is a simple fellow in shul and he's there every minion, and then he wins $50 million. So the treatment of some of the people may be different 
in how they speak to him and deal with him just because he won the $50 million. And that's called shochat. And the shochat doesn't just mean the cash. It means the attitude of how you treat someone because of the surrounding circumstances that affect your attitude to the person. And it could be very undeserving. So that's really shochat. You're trying to impress him. You're trying to... Maybe you want money from him. Maybe you want him to invest in your business. Maybe you want, who knows what, but that's also called shokhan. Now, when we deal with a ger, there's two sides to the equation. And one of the Mephorshim says that when somebody is in shul who's a miyuchas, in other words, he's an esteemed member of the community, whether it's his lineage, it's outstanding, he's the son of a very chosh of a rob, or it's the money, or it's whatever it is. We will motivate and shape our attitude commonly to him to what's going on, to circumstances, nothing to do with worthiness or with honesty. But it's a mirage because of all the extenuating circumstances and what's going on. So when it talks about a gear, the common tendency says the Shemen Hatov, is, you know, we tolerate, and there are psukim that say, it's 15 psukim that talk about you should not demean the ger, or the almana, or the yasum. But when the ger comes in, we, of course, welcome him and everything, but in our attitudes, we can't quite often look at him like a third-rate guest. Yes, he's there, and we give him a sitter, and we welcome, but when it comes to important things, we don't give him the same prestige that we would give to someone in our seaboard like I said before, who suddenly has a tremendous amount of money. We don't, so therefore in one Pasuk that's talking about Shochad, which is the misappropriation of attitude and influence and everything we do with the person when there is a Shochad component involved in the story, so too with the gear, there's, oh, there's attitude. That means half of our attitude is to be with chesed and rachamim. But on the other hand, if something said or something happens that the person doesn't like, then the whole Yetzirah kicks in with, oh, this is just a gear who needed him. He could have stayed by his people. So that's why it was put into one Pusik. Now, 
there is talking about the the Yasum and the Almana, there is a, a Pasuk in our we our Sedra that im ane ta'ane also, if you're going to afflict him, upset him, pick on him, make him miserable. So this is talking about the Yasum and the Almana. Shamoa Eshma, I will surely hear his grief and his pain. And it will be key. That it, when he will cry out to me, Shamoa Eshma Bakolo. So some say in the name of the Kotzker, and others say that the Chofetz Chaim wrote in his Sefer on Chomesh, he wrote on this Pasuk, why do we have to have a topology? Topology means imane sa'ane. It's the same word, but we have it expressed in the Torah twice. Or shamoa eshma. You could just say eshma, bekolo, I will listen to his pain, his grief, his crying, whatever. So the Kotzker or the Chovetz Chaim say, because when a Yosem or an Almana is grieved, it's not just the thing you said to him right now. He thinks, you know, if I wouldn't be a Yosem or my mother wouldn't be an Almana and my father would be here, that guy never would have said to her what he said to her. But there's the atmosphere, she's a weakling because she's an Almana. Who's going to fight for her? Who's going to defend her? So when that happens and she has grief, she thinks back not only to her grief of today, but her grief of what happened to her to begin with, that the husband died. So there's a double pain. There's a pain of now and there's a pain of before. And that's why it says a, a double option, ane, that if you afflict what you're doing now, but it's sa'ane, it's also afflicting because it brings out again the original grief of the fact she became an almana. And Shamoa, I will hear her crying right now for what you did now. But Eshma, I will also hear the renewed pain of her grief and sorrow that you opened up the original wound that she lost the husband. And Sa'ok Yitzhak, I will certainly listen to both. I will hear her crying of now for what you did today, but I will also hear her cry of 10 years ago when she originally lost her husband. And what you're doing to her is reminding her and re-immersing her in this terrible grief and pain.
So, right after Matan Torah, we are immersed in the sea of dealing with people. That's really Mishpatim. Mishpatim are the laws of this and the law. It's all Beinatim Lachavero. At the end of the Sedra, it comes back to finish off with Matan Torah, but the halachas, the many, many halachas that are expressed have to do with Beinatim Lachavero, or Nezikin, or money matters, or Avodim, but it's all human relations, each and every one of them. Because we get the Torah, but we have to start with refining the luster of the dignity of our attitudes, that we be encompassed within a realm and an order of unbelievable, cautious, attitude and dealing with people who are around us. Now, the Gemara says, because in our center there is a halacha, achre rabim lahatos. Majority rules. So the Gemara tells an interesting story that there was a difference of opinion between Rebbe Lozer the Rebbe of Rebbe Akiva, and there was a Tanner Shal Achinoya, a very famous stove. And in the stove were Taharos, Kodshim, a coin could eat it. If it's Tome, he can't eat it. And Rebbe Lozav Rebberkinus held that even though they thought that a sheriff, maybe he held for many reasons, it was Tahar, and a Koyen could eat it. On the other hand, the Chachamim, they all held that it was Tome, and they have to burn it. So Rabbi Lazar Brev Herkinus said to the Chachomim, if I am right, I want a martial support to the fact that I'm right and that heaven agrees with me. And right outside the base of Medrash, there was an old, old, gigantic carob tree, a krov. And the thickness, Mephorshim say, was like the wide, it was unbelievably big, heavy, in the ground, old, 500, 1,000 years old. So Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe said, if I'm right, then it's Tohar, I want that kruv to take off. It should shoot out of the ground. And like a bullet... The tree with all of its hundreds of years of roots in a second came out and flew away. So Rebbe Lozabreb Herkinus held that they should now accept what he's saying. Look what just happened. But they did not accept. So Rebbe Lozabreb Herkinus said, you know, I want to say that the Besamedrish, 
that the Koisli base of measure should shake. And that proves I'm right. So there was shaking that they thought the whole place was going to collapse. But the Chachamim did not accept it, and they still held it was Tomei. So Rabbi Lozav Reb said, you see outside that window, that stream on the mountain, it's, streams go downward. I want the stream to go upward. And it did. It went up, but the Chachamim still did not accept. So then finally, Rabbi Lozabrev said that if I'm right, let there be a heavenly voice, a basco from Shemayim, that I'm right. And there was suddenly like thunder and lightning, a basco that the whole world heard that said, what are you starting up with Rabbi Lozabrev Herkinus? Don't you know that the halach is like him in every single place? So they answered the Chacham and said, Torah is not Bashamayim, it's not in heaven. We don't paskin from heaven. So the Chachamim went then and they took the Taharos and they burnt it. Because if it's tummy, you can't use it, you can't give it to a coin, you have to burn it. And Rabbi Elazar Reverkness never accepted their psak. So the Yerushalmi asks, the halo yoda that means that he had the debate the whole time. That's no problem. Means the Gemara every page is a, there's a debate, there's discussion, there's difference of opinion. But at the end of the story, once they never accepted what he did, all these miracles, why in the world didn't he just accept their halacha? Because that's the halacha. Achrei Rabim Lahatos. So the Yerushalmi answers. And as a matter of fact, when he refused to accept, they put him in Chayrim. They put Rabbi Lozer of Herkness, and many times in the Gemara, the Gemara says that the Chachamim didn't want to debate him because Shamutil, because he's in Chayrim. So it was a very severe thing. So... The carbon Ada at the bottom of the Yerushalmi says, and asks that question, didn't Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar know that you have to go after the majority after the debate and everything? So they answer and said, that halacha is by Dayonim. If you take a look in the Pasuk, it's by Dayonim, by judges. And there's halachas by judges that you have to treat both litigants equally you can't have one speak longer and one shorter. Uh, give more covet to the Gevir versus the Oni who may be on the other side. So there's halachas. And Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Herkin is held 
that this halacha by dayanim that you have to go after majority is when they behave like dayanim. But here they grabbed the tahar, the, the kodshim, and they burnt it in front of his face. And since there was such a debate, if they wanted to burn it, they should have waited till he walked out of the Basin Medrash and not in his face burn everything, like to rub his face in the mud. So since they did that, he held they didn't have a halach of dayonim, and he wasn't bound by the majority rule, achrei rabim lahatos. So the fact is that we have to size up a situation and sometimes let go of our ego. Because a lot of the postures and positions that we take are really based on how we feel with our own ego. And it gets us into a lot of trouble. It brings out a lot of stubbornness. Oh, I will never apologize. I will never... But for the good of community and family, sometimes it's the right thing and the best thing to do. So we have to learn, even though Rebelezer of Hergens was the biggest of the big, but he felt that, yes, there is such a halacha, but I'm not obligated to follow it. So he was really going la halacha, that they didn't, have the halach of Dayanim that he had to be sensitive to their opinion. And we see what the Gemara says. Shemayim said, what are you starting up with, Rebbe We paskin like him everywhere. So why are you giving him such a hard time? He was so big that he was able to make that decision that he should not accept the results of the conversation and everything that took place. Now, I wanted to talk for a few minutes. This Shabbos is Shabbos Mavorachim, and this Shabbos is Parsha Shkolen. Now, the Arizal says that there are different senses that correspond to different months. And the month of Adar has the chush harayach, the sense of smell. Now we know that, and the Arizal says, Beferish, that by Adamarishon, every sense was spoiled. That means vatei Isha, the sense of seeing. Vayishma, and he heard what his wife was saying. Vatiga, she touched. Vatochal, they ate. So all the senses were nifgam, were spoiled and polluted by what they did, Adam and Chava, except for one thing, the Chush Hareya the sense of smell was not affected and not touched by anything then. And that's why the Arizal says that Motsoi Shabbos we take 
besomen and smell it. Now, the Gemara says we smell it to revive ourselves. We're losing our neshami yasera. But the Arizal says in, a, in, a, in addition to that, because the time of Motsoi Shabbos corresponds to Mashiach. We see that David is David Malka Mashiach, and that's a, a Malava Malka, corresponds to David Melacha Mashiach. And that's the reason he says that we take Besomim, Motsoi Shabbos, is since Besomim is Chush HaReach, it is the scent of smell, and smell was never polluted, therefore smell will remain before Mashiach and after Mashiach the same in the realm of Mashiach, even before Mashiach comes, because it was never spoiled. <coughs> so that's why we take the summon Motsuri Shabbos and we smell it, and... We have a Suda, David, Malka, Mashiach, and we sing the Zmiris of Mashiach and everything, because that's what it corresponds to. Says the Arizal that that entire package of the world, what it's before Mashiach and after, and that it won't change in terms of the smell power, the Chosh HaReach, that is, corresponds to the month of Ador, and that's the reason that it says that Purim will never be bottled. Even after Mashiach comes, everything, Yom Kippur will change its format, but not Purim. Because since Purim is in the month of Chush HaReach, before Mashiach and after Mashiach, there's no difference. There's no difference in it. And that's why the Mephorshim say that children who 2,000 years ago wore masks and costumes, the meaning was because the day was completely hidden. So therefore the children reflected that concept and you couldn't see anything on the day of Purim. And even the children covered their faces and their bodies. You sometimes don't know who they are. And that always corresponds to Purim, which is under the Rosh Chodesh of Odor, which the Chush HaReach corresponds to. And it was never nifkam. It was never diluted or spoiled. Now, we know that this Shabbos is Parsha Shkolem, and there's four Parshios, and it's connected to Yud K Vav K, and the Yud is the highest. But we know that Parsha Shkolem is Durabonam. That means Parsha Zohar, everyone agrees, is pure Diaraisa. Parsha's para, some say it is the Arisa, some say it isn't the Arisa, but everyone agrees that Shkolem and Parsha's Achoidish are Durabonim. 
Now, if the yud of the yud k vav k is the highest, why should Parshish Gom be a drabonan, should be a diraisa? But the truth is that every single drabonan is a diraisa, because in the Torah it says, listen to the chachamim, lo sasor, in Sefer Devarim, that it says openly, that you should listen to the Takonis and the Gezeros and all of the Inyonim of the Rabbanon. So when a Yid does a Rabbanon, he's Makayim, a Rabbanon and a Diyaraisa, because the Torah is telling him to do so. Now when it comes Lahalacha, you have to do only the Diyaraisa, because if you have one Matzah, and you either eat it the 15th day, the first day of Pesach, or the second, you must eat it the first, because it's a diarrhea and the matzah has to be eaten then. But the second night, I'll be Kabbalah. Now, Kabbalah and Halacha do not always see eye to eye. And in Kabbalah, the second night is bigger than the first night, I'll be Kabbalah. And that's why many tzaddikim who were dying, who wanted, who longed to move to Eretz Yisrael, they never moved. Because if they would have moved, they would have, would have had to give up the second Seder. So indeed, the Yud of the Shemavaya, which is the biggest of the letters, comes out in Shkol Dafka on a Durabonan. Because you have the Diaraisa of low saucer, you must listen to the Durabonans, and you have the, the Diaraisa of listening, and you have the fact that it was Durabonan, it was a, a taken of the Chachamim. So in beginning the Tekufa of the Dalit Parshios, that it is so auspicious and so special that each and every one of them is like on a key that you have carved in the knots, the notches of the key. So to the four Parshios carve into the essence of Klal Yisrael to carry us into the Chag HaGeula of Pesach. And the full Geula is what really the goal of the world is, to make a Nachas Ruach Ta'akodesh Baruch Hu, and by that, that he will hurry up the process of Golos into Geula, and that he won't delay in any which way. And the boost of the tremendous piece of equipment that picks up tremendous things is the Dalit Parshios. That when we listen to those Parshios, we are propelled into the realm of a heavenly abode, like pushed over the fence. Somebody gets to the top of the fence and he can't get the, he can't muster the strength to be able to push himself above and over the actual fence. So someone comes from behind and gives him a push and he flies over the top.
That is the Dalit Parshios. Those Dalit Parshios become a vehicle to transport Klal Yisrael in a more appropriate, proper mode to go into the Geula that we wait for and we hope we'll see soon. So as we go into Chodesh, and of course, Shabbos Mavarach, I always say to you, carries the power of the entire Chodesh, because the Rosh Chodesh comes out in the week, and me name is Baruch and Kol Yomen. So therefore, the fact that the, the Shabbos Mavarachim has in it the Rosh Chodesh of Adar, it has in it that power of Chush HaReach, and we are able to soar heavenward with that tremendous, unbelievable quality of what this month is. Haba Aleinu Letoilah.